Hey everyone, my name is Yosef Siegel, and welcome back to this week's edition of the Amem Torah Podcast. This week is Parshas Emor, for those in Eretz Yisrael, and for those in Chutz Aretz. This week's Parsha is Acharimos Kedoshim. Uh, as I've explained in the written versions of the Divrei Torah, uh, since I am based in Eretz Yisrael, I will be following the schedule for Eretz Yisrael, and therefore the Divrei Torah this week is for Parshas Emor. But if you go on our blog, oldideasforthemodernmind.blogspot.com, or if you are signed up for the email newsletter, uh, you will get a Dvar Torah and a podcast for Parshas Acharimos Kedoshim. To sign up for an email newsletter, please email me at amemtorah at gmail.com. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H at gmail.com. And without further ado, let's get right into this week's Dvar Torah for Parshas Amor. So Parshas Amor uh, follows the pattern of the rest of the Sefer Vayikra of Torah's Kohanim. But while the previous Parshas have been discussing Karbonos, and their requirements and, and the Kohanim's requirements while bringing Karbonos and that whole aspect of being a Kohen, Parshas Amor um, examines some of the requirements of actually being a part of the Kohen family, uh, which uh, these ideas are all uh, put into place in order to maintain the purity of the holiest uh, of the Jewish people, the Kohanim. Not that all Jews are not holy, but Kohanim are given access on an everyday basis to a level of Kedusha uh, that the rest of the people are not by uh, being able to work in the base of Megdash. Now, at the end of the Parsha, uh, we're not talking about Kohanim over there, but I think this idea of showing the holiness of the Jewish people uh, is brought out uh, as well. The last story in Parsha's Amor is a story of two people who start fighting with each other. And one is called Ben HaYisraelis, the son of a Jewish woman, and the second one is called Isha Yisraeli, a Jewish man. And Chazal explain that this son of a Jewish woman, uh, his father was a Mitzri, and there is so much that goes into the story of exactly what happened and why they were fighting uh, and what it means and why he's not mentioned by name, etc., etc., etc. And and there's so many things to talk about there, but I, I really don't want to uh, get into that now, so I'm going to stay away from it even though I want to acknowledge that there's a lot to talk about over there. Um, but basically what ends up happening with this fight is that the Ben HaYisraelis, the son of the Jewish woman, ends up cursing Hashem. Now, the Ben Yisrael knew at this point that you were not allowed to curse Hashem, but Hashem had never told him, had never told them the punishment for this. So, they put him, uh, they put him away in jail until Hashem can tell them uh, what to do, and eventually he tells them that you have to kill him. So Hashem commands the Bnei Israel to kill this man, and uh, they comply with eager, full hearts to fulfill the word of Hashem. And we see this all the way at the end of the Parsha, in the last Pasuk. The Parsha ends off with the phrase, U'b'nei Yisrael asu kasher Hashem as Moshe. The Bnei Israel did like everything that Hashem had commanded Moshe. However, if we look at the first part of the Pasuk, uh, it's kind of weird why that phrase uh, was even necessary to bring in the first place. Obviously, it's a tremendous praise for Bnei Israel, but... It seems kind of obvious. Why? Because let's read the beginning of the Pasuk. I don't think I mentioned this before. The Pasuk is, again, the last Pasuk in the Parsha, which is Perak of Dalet, Pasuk of Gimel. So, Moshe Israel. So, Moshe uh, speaks to the Bnei Israel, and basically he's speaking to them the words of the previous Pasukim that say uh, what the punishments are for uh, people in different situations, and specifically in this one. And they took out the blasphemer, the man who cursed, to outside of the camp, and they stoned him. 
and then the pasuk ends off did like everything that Moshe commanded them through Hashem. So now we can understand the question over here. The first part of the pasuk says that they took him out of the camp and they killed him. So obviously they did everything that Hashem commanded Moshe to do. Did we skip anything over there? Was there some other step that Hashem told them to do? No, there's nothing else besides for that. So why does the puzzle need to tell us that they took him out and killed him, and they did everything the way that Hashem had commanded them? So this is the uh, question of the Orachim, and he gives several answers, and I'd like to give two. His first answer is that this whole story started off as a fight between two people. So maybe you could assume that what, happened, what was happening here is that the nation was uh, siding with one guy over the other. And when Hashem says that uh, you have to kill this other guy, they're very happy to because he's against them and they want to get rid of him. So, uh, oh, great, we have an excuse now to get rid of him. So the Pusuk's pointing out to us that not only is this not true, the only reason they did it is because Hashem commanded them to do it. They did it, they did, every, they did kill him, but it was only because of this command from Hashem. And the second answer is that while, you know, this was only one man and it wasn't possible for hundreds of thousands of people to all physically take part in removing this person from the camp and stoning him, only a few people could actually touch this person, could actually be involved in that. However, since they all had kavana to perform this mitzvah of fulfilling the word of Hashem, and killing him, they all received credit for it. So when it says that they took him out and they killed him, those are talking about the people who actually physically uh, took care of him. And then in the end, when it says they did what Hashem commanded, that's the that's the entire nation getting credit for this act. Now, I can understand if you would come to me and say that maybe this story is not the greatest example <laughs> of uh, how we want to show uh, that Bnei Yisrael listened to Hashem, that we see this, that they're eager to go and kill somebody. But you have to understand that this is not an out-of-control mob that's just looking for blood. The Pasuk, uh, Pasuk Yudbeiz, which I mentioned earlier, not by name but by uh, topic, uh, it says that uh, they heard what happened, they heard that he cursed Hashem, and they put him in jail, right? Why? Because they didn't know what to do. So they put him in jail in the meantime, meaning that they were ready to accept whatever Hashem told them to do with him. You know, if, if they weren't willing to do that, they would have just taken care of him right away. But it was so important to them to do exactly what Hashem wanted them to do, that they were willing to take the time to put him aside until Hashem told them uh, what the verdict was. And once they got the verdict, then they took him out and, and killed him. So really, this whole story is a testament to the desire of the Bnei Israel to do only that which Hashem commanded them to do, and with the, the purest of intentions, with complete kavana. And in this way, when the Bnei Israel show their complete dedication to Hashem and this, and this commitment to doing it the correct way, they all raise themselves up a level of kedusha, And that's the idea of the Kohanim. The Kohanim are a level of kedusha up from everyone else, and they have to uh, do certain things and have to act a certain way and maintain a certain uh, standard uh, to uh, because of that uh, because of that holiness. And what we see from this story is that really the whole Bnei Israel have the potential to reach higher levels of of kedusha of holiness through a commitment to serving Hashem in the best way possible. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. For any questions, comments, or to subscribe to the email newsletter, please email me at amemtorah at gmail.com. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H at gmail.com. The email newsletter will give you updates for Amem Torah 
as well as the written version of the Dvar Torah in your inbox, along with an MP3 download of this podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes. Just search for the AMM Torah podcast or my name, Yosef Siegel. Please check out the blog itself, oldideasforthemodernmind.blogspot.com, where you can get the written version of this week's Dvar Torah, as well as the archived versions of the previous eight years of AMM Torah Divrei Torah. Please check out my website, hashkafahandbook.com, where this podcast is hosted, and learn more about my book, Reality Check, A Handbook of Hashkafa. And finally, please check us out on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash amemtorah, and on Twitter, Twitter handle at amemtorah. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and have a great job.